Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. I'm Ross Blotcher. And hey. Hey. How are you, how's it going over right. there, Carrie? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. In fact, get this, I'm here to talk about Ekinkar. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guessed that, yeah. So any day I'm doing that is a good day. Oh, heck Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm really getting to like Ekankar, are you? We've looked into so many religions, mm-hmm. and it's potent in terms of amount of material and claims. There's a lot of depth to it, and yet it feels very removed from society at large. It does. And it seems very simple compared to a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Very, like, simple premises. Yeah, Yeah, right. I don't know. There's something very appealing about it to me. I, I've been reading a lot of Ek books. And I just keep being like, what is it about this that I'm just enjoying so much? Yeah. Yeah, it's carved out a very interesting niche for itself. Yeah. It's fun to ask people if they've heard of Ekinkar because most haven't. Right. But for those who have, there's usually an interesting story behind why they have. And they're thrilled to pieces that anyone else is talking about Ekinkar. Right. So we, in our first episode in the series, we talked about visiting the Temple of Ek in Chanhassen, Minnesota. Yeah. We got back home to LA and we thought, well, is there Ekinkar here? Well, we knew that we actually. Knew that were, but we rhetorically thought that. <laughs> it, it had been on our list of potential investigations for low these many years. But this well, was now our chance to go. We asked ourselves, visit. is there an Ekinkar in Los Angeles? And we said to ourselves, yes, there is. Yeah. And so it is down on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. I like the address, 6669. Nine. <laughs> it's almost directly across the street from the Psychiatry and Industry of Death Pretty Museum. Pretty close. Pretty close. Our good old friends at Scientology. It's also really directly across the street from a Starbucks if anyone wants to catch a quick hot drink before they... <laughs> before Those they are go. so rare. I know. You'll love the Starbucks at Gower Gulch. If you come to LA, ooh, that particular Starbucks. So good. <laughs> There's also, well, I would say this is the most significant landmark nearby. There's Crossroads... Of the world. Of the world. I think this is technically part of Crossroads of the world. Oh, interesting. That would make sense. Yeah. I went to their website and it showed Ekinkar kind of prominently. Yeah, I think they ran out of space there. Because Crossroads of the world used to be like an outdoor mall kind of thing. And now someone just owns the whole area and leases out the different units in it. Mm-hmm. And I think Ekinkar just rents one of them. And apparently it was either the first or one of the first outdoor malls in America. Oh, is that right? If oh, you take s- that, Minnesota. Oh, right. Which, which has the mall largest of mall. Okay. I've been there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it has this kind of round architecture, the the main central building that greets you on Sunset Boulevard and says Crossroads of the World. And then it has this spire sticking up that has a earth on the top. Uh, very iconic. If you see that, you'll say, oh, that thing. And apparently at one of the Florida parks, Disney uses this as sort of like a representation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Hollywood Studios. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. So there you go. It's directly right next door to the right of that structure. And as you all know, right across from that one Starbucks we all like so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's also next to a Catholic church, right? Yeah. Catholic with a, church and school. With a very tall spire of its own. So Ekinkar is right in between those two. I think my friend Jean Bauer, the founder of Farm Sanctuary, I think grew up at that next door church. Founder and discoverer? Of, that's right. Yeah, actually. Yeah. 
So we looked on the website and we saw that they had meetings on Sundays at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so we showed up a little before 11 a.m. Yeah. Wandered inside. You just walk in from out front. And I I didn't realize I was going to walk right into it. It felt more like an entryway. And it's like, nope, you are in there. Yeah. There was like frosted glass a little back from the door. Uh, but then, yeah, once you walk through that, you're in like this one room. Uh-huh. And there may have been other adjoining rooms, but we were there only were. exposed to this Kind of one multi-part room looked like something you could easily set up partitions in right. to create separate sessions. You could have one big, you know, 70-person event if you needed to, but you're also not that awkward with five or ten. I'm looking at a photo of the building here, and it, it does say right on the side of the Ekinkar building, Crossroads of the World. Oh, there you go. The Ekinkar building itself is kind of a off-white, and it has blue trim. It's cute. Yeah. It's Dutch. And a big glowing sign that says Ekinkar. Hey, Ross. Hey, Ekinkar Rossroads of the World. Mm, I like it. Let's tell them. They'll like it. If I know them, I think I do. They'll like it. (laughs) They're going to love that. So when we first arrived, there weren't many people there. Mm -mm. Did I arrive slightly before you or did you arrive slightly before me? Uh, Oh, that's a good question. I remember it both ways. The Uh faultiness of human memory. I remember walking in and seeing you there and you waving at me. And I remember sitting there and you walking in and me waving at you. I have no objective way to know this, but I know we arrived very close to one another in time. We didn't meet outside first? Uh-uh. That's another option. No? No, nope. that I feel confident of. <laughs> All right. I don't have a picture of that. I'm not weighing in on this. Pictures <laughs> I don't remember that either. are both in contradiction. So we were there. It was the last Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. And I guess they have particular recurring programming depending on which Sunday it is. So the first Sunday of the month is more of your typical worship type service. And we've learned later they did used to call it a worship service. Now it's just a light Light and and sound sound ceremony. Yeah. I keep meaning to ask someone. I haven't gotten an answer for this yet. Like what this means for people who are blind and deaf. Is it like they're working off some karma and so they don't get that access to God or like what? Because that seems like a significant problem if your religion is based on light and sound. Right. Is that some particular punishment from Sugmad? Because, yeah, if you're not able to experience him on that level. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Real bummer. Let's go back. Okay, let's go back for a long time. And what are you doing this Sunday? Uh, that's a good question. Oh, you know what? I'm going to Green Leaves Vegan Thai Restaurant with a bunch of people from Max Fun. Stacy, Danny, their partners, Lindsay Pavlis. There you her partner. There you have it, folks. This is what's more important to carry. <laughs> you didn't ask me till right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Actually, I think my lunch is at one, so I could go to the 11 o'clock service if you want to. Okay. All right, great. Oh, another thing we have to do. Oh, wait. Okay, that's the second Sunday of the month that we just described. The third Sunday of the month is a screening of one of the Harold Klemp videos. Oh, good. Of which there are many. Yes. We'll tell you about that. Yeah, it's a little... Not quite an L. Ron Hubbard situation, but that kind of just like anything that he says, we got to get it on tape and Mm -hmm. we can all glean something from this. Mm -hmm. We had this leader as she was sitting there at one of the chairs. They had arranged a little semicircle of chairs and call her Jackie. Yeah, let's call her Jackie. So Jackie was sitting there and there was maybe ourselves. I'd say there were... People kept moseying in. Yeah, it was, thr- it's a real cash feel. Throughout the whole meeting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no one was dressed to the nines or anything. No. I'd and, say and maybe there were four of us at first. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And she said, well, we'll one know, of whom was the leader. Let's just wait for more people to show up. She was saying this fourth Sunday, you know, I'm not really sure what the format is. They just threw it at me. <laughs> I don't really know what we're doing here, but they gave me this book to to talk about. It's called Eck Essentials. I actually haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know why I'm here. Let's all go. There's a Starbucks across the street. But looking at the table of contents, it looks like it has some really important things in it. Like uh, It is see. written by the only connection we have to God. So this <laughs> will crack this fucker up. Granted, he's written a lot of stuff. <laughs> sure. uh, this is me saying that on her behalf. But uh, yeah, she was reading the table of contents. Okay, Five Passions of the Mind, the Ekmarg, which I just love the name of. Yeah, that's a good one. Liberation of Hugh. Yeah, these are the Manity. basic principles of Ekinkar. This is gonna be this is gonna be deep stuff. Yeah. So we wait around for a little while, very awkwardly. Yeah. Like okay. let's not waste our conversation. Uh, yes, and she like couldn't decide whether to be very punctual or not punctual. She'd be like, no, let's you know, let's wait around a little bit. They have ninety seconds. And then, <laughs> right. But then started like almost exactly on time. Yeah. Uh, she just didn't want to be a second too soon. But people did just filter in. It felt almost like like you know radioactive decay. You don't know which particle. <laughs> is going to bounce <laughs> off, but one of them will, and you can predict uh-huh. exactly when it will. Uh-huh. It just felt like every exactly like every seven minutes, one new person showed up. And there wasn't an awkwardness to that. You could tell this happens all the time. Yep. Oh, I'm just going to pull up another chair. Yeah. We were inhabiting... Not a corner of the room, but definitely sliver. Yeah, it was just a piece of the room. The room itself was much bigger around us, and there was a picture of the temple in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little tables with information displays, calendars, schedules you can pick up. But yeah, just literature. Your, your general multi-purpose room. I don't think anyone had any particular thought about like, oh, it's Sunday, we have to set up for this. It was. I'm not complaining, but but you yeah, know, it's just a few chairs pulled to the side. And this is not an ultra modern design or anything. It just felt like I don't know what you say. Built in the fifties. Yeah, my sixties. Yeah, my my instinct said somewhere in that range as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so there we sat. But eventually, she revealed to us our two topics for the day. All right, here we go. So we're going to talk about the two supreme laws oh, of Eckhart. Right. So you all get okay, to learn. Okay, energy about this. cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed. And in a closed system, evolution can't happen. Those well, that's more thermodynamics there. <laughs> yeah, I like your brief summary of that. Very <laughs> thank good. You, thank you. You pulled. That one on me pretty quickly there. I didn't realize what was happening to me. (laughs) No, no. The two supreme laws of Ekankar are, one, God is love. Okay. And two. Don't say love is God. (laughs) (laughs) Number two is soul exists because God God loves loves it. it. I remember this moment and like sort of looking at you and knowing that you and I are having a totally different experience from everyone else because our stupid brains just start rattling around. Wait a minute. What do you mean? (laughs) Okay. So wait, God loved you and then made you. How does that work? I have a lot of questions. Everyone else is just nodding. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Because God loved it. Yeah. Nobody was really saying anything from the outset. So you and I just jumped right in. Yeah. And I was talking about, well, you know, uh, because she wanted us to break this down. What do you do with those three words? God is love. Let's focus on that one first. I said, well, like, you know, kind of paints an equation for me. Mm-hmm. So God equals love. So that means love equals love God. Love equals God. Yeah, interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I said more, it would all fall apart. So interesting. And you were talking about how it taps into the still small voice. 
Uh, oh yeah, she asked like, well, what? What, what does is, love mean? What to does you? it mean to you? Yeah, and I said something about that, like uh, that feeling of just serenity and that like that small sense inside you of you know goodness. And yeah, sometimes I can just call that feeling up with almost no impetus, you know, oh. just be like, just feel love, and then like. You know, my body yeah. releases whatever. And you're talking about how it kind of radiates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, from my chest and my belly outward into a nice golden hue. Hue. Now, you don't feel love in your chest. I don't. Though, I do have, like, those moments where I just feel so much love for someone where my eyes will immediately water. Sure. Just from the thought of them. You yeah, know. I remember you saying that about Andrew. Yeah. So um. I get that feeling. And I, I can sense like, you know, the whole body kind of warming to that uh, sort yeah. of emotion. So yeah, I get that. But it doesn't center in my chest. <laughs> and then I mentioned, well, let's see. There are times we don't feel love. So I guess there are times we don't feel God. Yeah. I'm like trying to logically break this down. Right. And Jackie said, but doesn't God feel better? Isn't it better when we feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Sure. Yeah. And you pointed out that we tend to seek God when we need something. Yeah, that's been a general observation that for me, that it always seems interesting that like after a disaster happens or something goes wrong, that's when people really flood to churches Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, when everything's going right. Right. And at least in part, for me, that's saying that we want to be reminded like, wait, tell us why there's a God and how he figures into all this so we can feel less bad about everything that just happened. Oh, interesting. I just think of like the superstitious pigeons. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's see. You just fed me. It seems like I was doing this kind of bobbing and weaving motion. So let me do that again. Right. Yeah. So I think this was a Skinner experiment. We love B.F. Skinner. He's B. great. B.F. Skinner. What a, what a mensch. He's <laughs> a complicated man. But uh, anyway, um, I believe it was him did a study where, yeah, he would feed some some pigeons consistently, some pigeons not consistently, and then some just erratically. Mm. And the ones who were fed erratically would start developing what we might call superstitions. Superstition, right. These very complicated dances. Right. Yeah, I loved hearing about those, those yeah. studies. And it does seem to hold true in sociology that the more disempowered you are in a societal structure, the more likely you are to be religious or superstitious because you're just trying to grab that control back. Yeah, interesting. It wasn't just us talking. Everybody started joining in and sharing their thoughts about God. Uh, one woman was talking about materialism and, and I think in that same line, we only talk to God when we want something from God. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I was a church kid, someone giving a talk where they said that one of their biggest regrets was not paying enough attention to their dog because the dog was always around with the family and was just cool and hanging out and didn't really need anything. And he said, and when I was sad, the dog would come and lay at my feet and that's when I would notice the dog. And then he actually said... And what's dog backwards? Oh. Yeah, that's right. I like it. That's right, college intern. That's pretty good. Well, hey, and all these years later, still remember you it. remember that story. I so remember it. Well and I done. Remember the well delivered line. Well done, intern. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I pointed out also that you know we talk about God and 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 obviously the fact that we're still asking the question of God and what God is. Seeking him. Yeah, it says something about some uncertainty tied into God and said that, you know, if we 
felt God so thoroughly that we knew for sure his presence, then we wouldn't be asking such questions. You yeah, know? like, do well, you believe in Ross? Yeah, exactly. And so I do mentioned Israel. I mentioned to one of the women sitting there like, oh, well, you know, I'm not seeking you because there you are. Uh-huh. And everybody had a good laugh at that. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. So I think this is where I said, well, you know, I confess, I don't know if there's a God or not. Mm-hmm. Kind but, of testing the water. Yeah, very, all. very bold. Yeah. Thank you. In this group. They were, they seemed pretty cool. Uh, by this time, we probably had like seven people. Yeah. And then they all turned and they said, <laughs> burn the witch. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Boo you. <laughs> we burned Carrie. Uh, yeah. It was sad. Yeah. The end. Well, oh no, Ross. No, yeah, nobody really batted an eye at that. Yeah. They were okay with your doubt. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, they probably hope I'll come along and everything, but Mm -hmm. we're cool. But you talked about emotions that you would have in the past called God. Oh, right. Yeah, that when I was, again, a child in church. You thought like a child. I thought like a child, but I gave away childish things. Like my, uh, I had one of those um, little tiny cars you plugged in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Drive it around my backyard. Uh But but then you bought that lamp over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't that good? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you think that's I'm, I'm a, calling childish it a childish thing? thing. We're going to put a picture of it up and people are going to tear you to shreds. Oh, I can't. bring it. <laughs> Come at me. It's a really good lamp, you guys. It's got a dog. It's got a mouse. It's got a, a haystack. haystack and a pitchfork. And for some reason, a oh. ship's pulley. Yeah, we don't know why that's there. Anyway, <laughs> I got it at the Goodwill for $10. What are we talking about when I was a child? Mm-hmm. I would have these feelings of sort of love and wisdom and connectedness. They were pretty transient. They came and went. Mm -hmm. But I thought at the time that is the feeling of God. That's the physical feeling of God being with me. Right. And those sensations can moor your faith. Like you sort of tie it to those moments. I remember once sleeping out under the stars in Arizona one night Uh uh, next to my sister when we were visiting cousins and just thinking, oh, wow, looking at the stars like this is so amazing. This had to be created by God. If I ever doubt, I'll just remember this moment. Oh, that's lovely. So you're remembering it now and? Stars are beautiful, especially in Arizona at night. Yeah. Pretty fantastic. Then one of the new recruits had come in with his motorcycle helmet, I think. It was clear he'd come in on motorcycle. I'm calling him Sam because he reminds me of Sam Elliott. He'd sort of talk like that. Mm -hmm. He had long hair. And he was saying, well, I was just imagining a world without God. It's just so brutal. I can't mm-hmm. can't even picture what kind of horrible world that would be. Yeah, that kind of assumes the answer before yeah. you started thinking, doesn't it? Right. Well, and I, when you start with God is love. Sure. Oh, totally. The absence of God. Oh. Right. But I'm starting with like, well, we have the same world no matter what. Right. So now we're working back to the evidence of whether there's a God. I, I remember kind of mentioning that to my sister that I had started with a thought experiment of just okay, how would I explain the world if there was no God? And she said, oh, I tried once looking at the world that way. And oh, it's awful. Uh, I said, well. What a tale. <laughs> but you have to account for all the feelings of love that we feel and all the other good things. Right. Rather than just having a thought experiment of, oh, if there were no God. Oh, that oh, would be, be bad. Brutal. You're, the world would be the same. Yeah. Exactly in this thought experiment, same. you need to maintain. The world as it is. 
all of the world and all of your experience and now try to explain it without God. Right, right. That, that was And if you idea. find it inexplicable, fine. But if you find it worse, you're doing some weird experiment. We were on two different experiments there. Yeah. Although, to be fair, the question here was not, is there a God? We just took it there. And Jackie was saying, well, I do have that conversation with people sometimes about whether there is a God or not. And you know what? I just frankly prefer a world in which God exists. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine considering that belief. Okay. Because for me, I would hear people say stuff like that. Even when I was a Christian, I'd hear people say like, it would be so much worse if there weren't. So I believe it. And, That's and, presuming a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true too. But also I just remember feeling like, well, that's not what belief is. That belief doesn't mm. mean like I can't make myself believe something. Yeah, that I, never like resonated to me. That didn't I, make sense to me. Right, that it still doesn't for me. That's always one of the weak legs of Pascal's wager, mm. which is oh, it's better to make the calculated belief that God exists because you know what if there is a hell or a heaven? You want to go to heaven, increase your odds. But God would know if you were just believing in him right. as a wager. And you wouldn't be believing in him. You would just be saying you did. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. not going to fool him I or her. Really you know, if, if he, she, it can read your thoughts and emotions. So yeah, for me, the idea of faking belief or believing based on a calculation just is anathema. I don't understand yeah, that. I don't understand that either, but I also don't even understand the people who feel like they can will themselves into belief. In any, like, belief happens without me, you know? Like, I can't tell myself, like, now believe this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if, right. If yeah. it didn't happen without me, I would reckon it wasn't earnest. Yeah, your brain either believes or doesn't believe, and then it serves up into your consciousness <laughs> kind of what it arrived at. Right, yeah. Yeah. This reminds me, too, what she said of the whole Life of Pi story. I don't oh, know if you ever read that book. I didn't, but film. okay, it's like, it's that, it's basically that riddle about taking a tiger across the river, right? The whole story, I don't think I'm spoiling this for anybody. You've all had time to read and watch Life of Pi. This boy, he's in a shipwreck, and he ends up in a boat with Richard Parker, this tiger, and... Uh, Richard Parker is the name of the tiger? Yes. Wow, okay. Yeah. Huh. At the end, you know, after he tells this fantastical story of him coexisting with the tiger and not getting eaten and then visiting this crazy glowing island and all these other amazing things happen, then there's this indication that all of this may have happened a different way that is far less glamorous. Oh, fun. Okay. And involved like everyone else around him dying. and. Uh, oh, Wow. Oh, this is the better Slumdog Millionaire. He offers this as proof. He says, this is proof of God because oh. it's the better story. Okay. And so so the allegory is, oh, well, I told this kind of fantastical tale, but isn't it a lot better story than if I had told you the real tale? What? Yeah. That just I, gives lie to the problem. I read that. Both my dad and I read that at the same time. My uh -huh. dad hated it. Okay. As, as you think any believer would, because it's kind of demeaning saying, yeah. oh, you just believe in God because it's a better story. Because it's convenient. So there you go. That's my very quick summary of Life of Pi. No, it sounds good until the very end. Yeah, actually, that's a good summary of Life of Pi. 3.142978. No, see, that's bad. You got it wrong. One of, uh, one of my favorite shorts growing up was Donald in Math Magic Land. Oh, me too. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I loved it. When Donald is in the forest and the little pie guy comes out mm -hmm. and assembles, mm -hmm. you know, pie is equal to 3.1415, you know, and he says some numbers. So he gets them wrong toward the end. Oh, no. Like he's carrying on on a good clip and then he gets like the last two digits wrong. Oof. And then he says, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I remember that little voice. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we were saying. We were saying that we 
love Donald and Math Magic Land, and we love everything on the Maximum Fun Network. It's so good. There's it's so much great content. So, so many other shows. Just like an Ekinkar meeting, new shows just arrive every now and then. You're like, hey, you're welcome here. Like this one. Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm -hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Now, I think then we talked about the sort of, if you will, evolutionary purpose of love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Though I don't think I use that term. Right. But, but you were talking about... Mothers. Yeah. yeah. Like imagine a, a mother who didn't love her child. That would just fall apart because kids are so needy and yeah. especially at the age where they need you the most, you know, you're exhausted all the time. They're pooping right. everywhere. They want to vomit. They're hard to keep alive. And when that, you know, noise starts up and you just hated it, mm -hmm. well, then, you know, kids wouldn't live very long. Yeah. Love is built into our survival. Yeah, totally. You have to love that little crying voice. Yep. And take care of you it. You have to. And it's interesting that the people for whom that biohack is broken, uh -huh. we think of them as just like the worst people. Like, you know, the mothers who murder their children, just like, you oh, know, yeah. worse than other murderers, so it seems, because for most of us that love is so strong right on a strictly utilitarian scale maybe it's just yeah, like any other murder anybody else but yeah a betrayal of all that is human yeah that's a good point and uh carrie is it yeah yes yes thank you thank you for remembering <laughs> and i think of my ella you know i mean she, she's right here and the love is very strong it's not ready enough look at her mm -hmm. ella doesn't beautiful? know what's going on but Would she looks like content it? Anyway, that's so, it for Can I Pet Your Dog? So one of our other new recruits to the meeting, I'm going to call him World War II guy. Okay. He, he got <laughs> very there's a reason. He got very excited by what you were saying. And oh, yeah. He had heard of an experiment. <laughs> yes. There's yep. a lot of that going on here. Like, oh, I once heard of an experiment. And in this case, it was about uh, in World War II, there was like a group. Yeah, it was the Nazis. And they tried raising babies without any human care. Like they had all these machines that would take care of the uh, babies. And huh. I'm sitting there thinking... I would have heard of this. Yeah, don't think that experiment yeah, happened. I don't think that happened. But then a, a woman across from him, to my Knew right. where he was going. Yeah, she said, oh, well, I remember a similar story about uh, they were uh, raising monkeys and they had uh, like the cloth covered wireframe yeah. monkey moms and they would still feed them all the same. Yeah, study, and that yeah. was a real study. So, yeah. yeah. And she very graciously kind of yeah, interjected. Yeah, it was just like, maybe it was this, or maybe it's just similar to yours, but same <laughs> lesson. <laughs> you have to touch a real mother. Yep, and we all nodded in agreement to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you gotta touch a real mom. You may quote me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that same woman, she told us that she had seen a documentary about an elephant whose mom was killed and how animals will grieve to the point of death mm -hmm. when they lose others. There were a lot of allusions being made to various 
documentaries, studies we have remembered right. in this meeting. Or, you know, little articles written about studies, etc. She also knew of a woman who died of a broken heart. Oh, yes. Her body just shut down. I think we've all heard these stories, mm -hmm. yeah. Couples who die a few days after their right. partner of 50 years. It also sparks this sort of popcorn effect where one person tells the story and then, you know, you'll feel it in yourself and needs to be like, oh, I have a story like that. I got to tell my version mm -hmm. of the story. And you're all sort of like providing a little bit of strength for each other, you know, in yeah. this belief set. I actually, what I kept picturing is like the canopy of a rainforest. When you look at the canopy, it looks like one big thing, right? But it's all the different trees coming together. It kind of feels the same way with these these different anecdotes. It's like... No one anecdote is going to give you everything you need, but if we build them all together and they're kind of interconnecting and you can't see where one stops and the other begins, suddenly you've got something. That's kind of how I describe the part of my ayahuasca experience where everything kind of came together. Ah, right. It was just, you didn't have anything particularly new. It was just that you're now pulling all these little axioms together and they feel all connected. Yeah. And you go, ooh, wow. Ooh, I see it all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Everybody's kind of fun. Everybody's got to go to the pool. <laughs> Everybody loves the pool. That woman kept going Actually, you know, every now and then you get that participant who, oh, I'm holding court. Yeah. I'm not going to come up for air. Oh, you didn't say anything for five milliseconds. So I'm just going to keep going. Keep going. So she'd kind of talk maybe three or four minutes at a time. That, so wise. That was fun. So wise. She's seen so many documentaries. <laughs> Jackie, though, had an amazing story. Yes. So this is very touching. Yeah. She was saying how she was living in Jamaica with a, a guy for a while. She was dating him. And... Their relationship started out great. He used to sing a little song to her. That every little thing's, thing's gonna, gonna be, be all right. right. Don't it, worry about a thing. Yeah. And she came to just sort of rely on this. Yeah. And whenever she was worried, he'd sing it to her. As their, I guess, relationship was in decline, she just felt really sad and alone and scared at some point. And she point. said some other thing happened, something outside the relationship. And so she asked him, hey, you know, they, they fight a lot, but hey, I just, I need you to sing that for me right now. Can you sing me that song? And, and he, he said do no. It. Yeah. That's so sad. I know. It made me it made me cry in that room. And she looked at me and she said, I know. Oh man. Yeah. But what was the point of that story? I remember that so vividly, but what was she, oh, well, where then, was she going with that? Well then she said so he wouldn't give that to her, but then Oh she, yeah. She was an echoist at the time. And she talked to the Mahanta and said, I really need to hear that. Mm -hmm. And she went into a store shortly thereafter, mm -hmm. and they were playing that song on the radio. Oh, it's really sweet. Um, a, a similar thing happened after I broke up with Milo, my terrible ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, so when I didn't know that he had a secret wife and was still mourning that relationship, I went to lunch with a friend the next day. And at the Indian restaurant, as we walked in, they were playing Milo's and My Song, which would be, you know, mm -hmm. interesting already. But our song was, oh, oh, O'Reilly, O'Reilly, <laughs> auto parts. Oh! <laughs> And I remember, that was your song. Yeah. That sounds about right for that remember, relationship. I remember looking at my friend and being like, this is what makes people believe in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you think oh, in right. moments like that, and what would the universe be trying to tell me? After Either he's the one for you. Yes, that's right. The one with the secret wife is your soulmate. <laughs> or you got to take the car in for servicing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you what car is in my song is. Oh, no. Be Sisogy. Oh, you remember that. Yeah. 
No, um, we were just determined to not have a song. Okay, we'd wow. Bo- I think we'd both come out of relationships with songs. Oh, okay. Like my My only other serious girlfriend before Kara was uh, Nikki, and our song was Truly, Madly, Deeply. I want to stand oh, you remember you it. on a mountain. mountain. Yeah, I yep. remember. Okay. And so we're like, oh, we don't have a song. And oh. we kept going to places and play that funky music, <laughs> white boy, kept showing up. <laughs> and so finally we said, all right, I guess this is our song. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> So great. it's just a running joke anytime we hear that. You know, hey, it's our song. <laughs> I think I've had a song with pretty much all of my partners. Oh, yeah, okay. I think so. Nice. Drew's and mine was... Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. Oh, that's a nice one. I like that. So she was saying that even to this day, that song will come up every now and then when she needs to hear it. And then she'll try to rationalize it a bit. Okay, well, I do have it on the playlist of my phone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like how Jackie's mind works. She was, you know... Not going to make it too easy for the universe. I remember thinking um, that, I forget if it was Spotify or Pandora, I think it's Pandora, would eventually just over and over play me that ukulele version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, yes. It would learn like the certain things I like, and then finally it would be like every third (laughs) song would be like, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And I was like, I'm getting sick of this beautiful song. Stop. Right. Yeah, we, uh, we get desensitized. We're humans. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there can be this, too much of a good thing. But this reminds me. Mm-hmm. At our Portland live show, we came out singing a whole, whole new world. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud to say we got a copyright claim because they were able to identify that that was the song being sung, which from, means we were on key. From our episode? Yeah. Well, from the YouTube clip. Wow. But but I don't, I don't think know. I was on key, but you might have been. <laughs> but you'll be glad to know that they said, eh, keep it up. Oh. It's a cover. It's fine. Uh, thank you, yeah. YouTube. Thank you, Disney. Anyway, we sung the song correctly. So we kept talking about love and God. They had an ek passage, ask nothing of God, just love. So we talked about that a little bit. Why not? And the Sam Elliott came in and, and he had some nice things to say about how he's just been focused lately on evaluating his interactions with others and what love looks like in interpersonal communications, you know, Mm. a nod, a hug. A handshake. So he was talking about, you know, making sure that he's sending those things out as well as receiving them. I like that a lot. Yeah, sure. I think it does also reveal like a certain generation of men in particular that like that you could think like, I'm nodding at this person in love. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I get that. Yeah. Me too. It's uh, right there on that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, right there in the respect I need a nod. quadrant of the, I need uh, a nod. of the pyramid. Maslow's hierarchy of nods. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> he also had an analogy. I love it when someone has a personal analogy that just makes so much sense to them and you're trying like so hard to go there with which one them. Was, which one was this? About the hose. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. So his was that love is like a hose. If you use it, then it fills with water. But if you don't, if you don't have water coming out, no water will come in. Wait. Okay. You already understood this way better than I did. I was just thinking, have you used hose? <laughs> you just turned it out the water is, There's a water source. But right? yeah, I think that was the underlying analogy is that you need a source. No, maybe I, I don't know. know. It was like not you, the way you he was saying to, it. You ha- he kept saying like you have to have outflow to have inflow. 
So, like, if you stop using the hose, the water won't come. But I, if you stop paying your water bill, the water won't come. <laughs> and we've officially overanalyzed it. But, yeah, I don't think that... <laughs> I, don't it, think, I don't think he was analyzing it. No, I think he was underanalyzing it. <laughs> I think uh, it made sense in his mind, but, yeah, yeah, it didn't come out quite right. Another new man who'd shown up, yeah, I think, I don't know, for some reason, I remember him coming, like, from South America, I think he said, where he was from. Yeah, he was like, so what are these exercises you keep talking about? Ex- Exercises. <laughs> and it was clear from the get-go he knew about the hue. Oh, yeah. for some reason, Jackie didn't pick up on that. We took a hue break at some point. It was here. Because you all, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because you so, always do. Yeah, you always hue. So we all stopped for like three minutes to hue together. So she said, uh, oh, the exercises, yes. Well, the most important one is one that we can do right now, the hue. And he's like nodding mm-hmm, like, I mm-hmm. know about the hue. We know I'm about the hue. asking for others. But we had to stop and do the entire hue. And then she explained to him what that was. She wasn't, Jackie was pretty cool, but she wasn't great on picking up on like, these sort of like unspoken, you know, mm-hmm. communication things like him non-verbally telling her, I know about the hue. Oh, right, right, right. There was a sweet story here from the woman to your left, uh, older woman. She was a teacher, sounded like maybe at a community college level, something like that. And she said that a woman came in just distraught one morning and it was a stressful day. And this girl was here and she had like a bunch of personal problems And she started just counseling her and giving her all this advice. But she realized this girl had a lot of the same problems she did. And she felt like she was talking to herself. Like a younger version of herself, I think. Right. But she felt like the advice she was giving to this young woman resonated with her personally. right, right. And so at the end of all this, she thanked the young woman. And the young woman said, well, you've been helping me. And she said, no, I I think you were sent to help me. that in fact. That was a sweet story. Yeah, that's sweet. Jackie was saying that uh, she was raised Catholic. And that God always felt at a remove to her. Mm-hmm. Priests and all that. Yeah, it just never fully resonated with her until she learned about Ekankar. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that she felt like something was missing and that was the thing that was missing. Mm-hmm. I have heard versions of that story, I think, my whole life where it's like so-and-so felt like something was missing until they found Christianity or until they, you know, because before that they were Mormon, but then they found evangelical Christianity or whatever. Yeah, uh, there was an African-American woman also to your left who told a story much like that where she was raised in the church. She didn't say like which denomination, but she was part of the choir. She sang, Mm -hmm. but it just, it never felt too involving to her. And then she was watching something about end times prophecies Mm -hmm. and they quoted this one person, shoot, whatever he said, this one spiritual leader, it really resonated with her. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I want to know what that guy is and I'll be that thing. Oh, right. Okay. She didn't hear about it for a few years and she said she was just feeling really lonely and down, but then she encountered him again and said, oh, oh, that's, that's him. Oh, he's, what's Ekankar? Oh, okay. And then she just coincidentally talked to someone. I I don't know how well I'm remembering the story, but like his, she talked to him and his brother was an Ekist and kind of connected her. And this was all in the 80s and she was pretty young at the time. And she had to then keep her Ekankar faith to herself because it was kind of like coming out to her family where everyone has to be Christian. And so she had this adorable story about waiting to get enough money because you had to have like $60 to become an Eck member mm-hmm. and she someone gifted her $50 and so that made her able to pay for this but then she was worried about the Eck lessons coming to her home and her mom seeing them Oh right! and so she did something where she would then ask the Mahanta to let her know when it was going to arrive in the mail <laughs> so, so she could she, intercept it exactly and apparently the Mahanta did that for her okay yeah. right 
Thank you, Mahanta. It was a very cute story. Speaking of the Mahanta, he came up and you made a very good pun. Oh, yeah. They were talking about having a direct line to the Mahanta where you can talk to the Mahanta. And I said, oh, like a Mahat line? And I laughed. (laughs) No one else laughed. Jackie said, no, no, no. It's Mahanta. It's Mahanta. (sighs) It's it's our word for the living Ek Master. I know. You see, the living Ek Master. She's not great at Mahatline. It's funny. (laughs) It's okay. She's very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) There was another really good analogy. I think it was from the teacher woman. Mm-hmm. And she was saying how, much like the hose analogy, I think this was just a better version of the analogy. She mm-hmm. was saying that it's like charging your phone when you yeah. connect to the Mahanta. When you w- do the hue. When you do the hue, exactly. Your phone needs that time to be recharged. And then it does all these cool things and it connects and all that. Th- that resonated with me a lot. And I even said, I've always had this fantasy about taking my phone and going back into the past, like hundreds of years ago, or and even a hundred years ago, and showing it to people. Like, Look at this magic yeah. at what it can do. And then I realized very quickly in my fantasy, wait a second, there's no internet, so I can't show anything that requires the internet. Oh, a lot of the apps are useless. And well, what about when the battery runs out? Then I've got nothing to show them. Like, no, no, this box did really cool things. Like just a moment ago, I swear. You know what you do instead? What do you do? Go and get the people, bring them here. Ah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think but then, outside the box. But then yeah, you have the weird problem person. of like, I'm holding this person captive so I can like slowly reveal to them, like, mm. we landed on the moon. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of problems with time travel. <laughs> Fair. So please send us email. Yeah. And your thoughts on <laughs> Avengers Endgame. I loved it. Which involved, everybody knows you didn't see it. No, I saw it and I loved it. Nope. Yes, I did. Neither, yes, I did. Neither of those things happened. No, I did. And it's very good. <laughs> Okay, here's what happens. Mm-hmm. There is a man in it. Am I right so far? What color is this man? What color is he? What? <laughs> I assume you're referring to one very important No, character. I'm not. <laughs> I'm talking about a different man. Okay, all right, yes. And he's, okay, it's Hollywood, so I think this is a good guess. He's peach colored. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there were a few of those. Okay, and the man... Has a name that starts with J M N L or R. Actually, no, nobody. Ha- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it works okay, out. Okay, and he died of like something, something in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, really? Oh, amazing! I'll take it. And he had. Oh gosh, I'm seeing him right now. Like, mm-hmm. it, well, actually, I'm thinking of someone whose name starts with a T. So I guess we're talking about different guys. Hold on. Oh. You said J G M. Well, they're connected, though, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what I'm sensing. Uh-huh. So one of them, the one who had the heart thing, mm-hmm. he had hair that was either brown or black. That's true. Yeah. Oh gosh, he's showing me a pen because he really he, there was something very special to him about the written word or the spoken word or something about communication, something about communication, something about talking, <laughs> something about feelings you know getting everything out there oh like his relationship with his daughter like his relationship with his daughter mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. yes. well, that's so, how did you yes. know that well how did you know about uh, his daughter that's amazing the daughter <laughs> it's very interesting you bring up the daughter because you how you saw her in the film as well mm-hmm. see interesting and she <laughs> wore pants some at least one time she wore pants i hope so well i mean not just skirts oh right yes and she had a job and the no, job 
she had a job (laughs) she was like you know a child yeah exactly her job was to do well in school okay Mm -hmm. yeah as all young children that should be how long are we gonna do this cold reading bit I uh, I I was thinking of Tony Stark. I assume most people were because he's like the major character in that film. Yeah, I know. I saw it. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, it's really you. good. Okay, I loved it. And I hope that's not spoiling anything for anybody. If you haven't seen it at this point, come on. Yeah. Come exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> Go see Adventures. End of the game. You know, Ross is it? I am Ross. Sometimes I think all these great ideas I have for movies, you know, like Avengers Endgame, a movie I wrote. Maybe I should have like a website where I put them all up and I do advertising for myself as a as a great future filmmaker. But where would I make a website like that? Oh, I actually know exactly where you want to go. You want to go to Squarespace. Oh, really? Yeah, just one word, Squarespace. Now, okay, but It's with- not a space for squares. Oh, okay, good, because I want to go there, and I'm not a square. Right, exactly. I mean, I've seen Avengers Endgame. Okay, let me list some of the things that you can do with Squarespace. So you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work. Check. Sell products and services of all kinds. Check. Announce an upcoming event or special project. Like my movie, Avengers Endgame, that I'm planning on writing. Yes, check. And more. Whoa, check, 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 check. But... I am kind of new to this website game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it going to be pretty? Is it going to be functional? Yeah, you know what? It'll actually be beautiful, customizable. Really? Because there's templates created by world-class designers. World, okay. Also, there's 24-7 award-winning customer support if you get a little confused. Oh, okay. And I will. And if you want people to use it on their mobile phones, it's optimized for mobile right out of the box. Oh, that's amazing. So I think our listeners, if they're in the same pickle I'm in where Mm -hmm. they need a website, they should check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when they're ready to launch, they can use the offer code OHNO to save 10% off their first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. Enter code OHNO. O-H-N-O. Oh, I like the conversation that came up next. We were talking about just kind of the balance of things and how you... Oh, I know what we were talking about. We were talking about how animals can tell if you're scared. Oh, yes, that's right. And this really went off the rails a little bit. They were like, I mean, if you walk right through a lion's den and you just act confident that lion's not going to eat you. This was another area where we were hearing lots of stories of kind of half-remembered studies and documentaries. Right. But yeah, there was a woman talking about living in Hawaii and how there were cockroaches in her apartment, but the cockroaches, there was a big circle of life thing. There were geckos and there were fire. Mm -hmm. Mm ants and they all kind of took care of each other right, little biosphere yeah you couldn't get rid of any one of them and you mentioned bees and oh did i yeah how people are so often afraid of bees and mm-hmm. get all worried but at the same time we need bees mm-hmm. when we hear about them being in decline mm-hmm. you know we freak out about that too yeah we need them around and so then people were telling those stories about, you know, being afraid of bees and not being afraid of bees. And I told one of my favorite stories, which is about going to this farm for a Camp Quest West appreciation weekend for staff. By the way, Camp Quest West, amazing place to send your kids. 
Holla. If you're anywhere in the California area, there's NorCal, there's SoCal. I'll be a counselor there. Andrew's going to be a counselor for the first time this Aww, year. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I was out there and I was going to sleep in the tent and I heard what sounded like, I don't know, a generator or some kind of mechanical thing next to us. And when I got up the next day, I asked about this mechanical thing. They said, oh, it's the bee tree. Mm-hmm. And so I went over there and sure enough, there's just thousands of bees swarming around this one tree. We had a bee tree in my backyard growing up. And this was amazing to me and I I didn't know like was this supposed to be scary to me mm-hmm. I don't know why don't I try taking a book and walking right under the bee tree and so I, did- I saw this movie Oh, is this a uh, um, my girl Oh, poor Macaulay Culkin yeah poor uh, Thomas J was that his name in the yeah, story? I watched that movie a million times as a child. Oh, yeah? It was so good. Who was the girl? Was that Thora Anna, Birch? No, it's or? Anna Klumsky. Anna Klumsky. She's Is a, that the she's actress? She's the... now. Oh, yeah. The character was Veda Sultanfuss. Okay. I just remember she was like really cute. Then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, uh, this is going to freak out our audience. My sibling and I both went out for that role. <gasps> what? Yep. That's crazy. A talent scout came to our acting class, and we didn't know that's what was happening. But then he like took the parents aside and was like, "Hey, this is what's up. It's this movie with Macaulay Culkin." Blah, blah, blah. Whoa! Yeah. So we didn't know that's what we were doing. That's well, what we it's were a good doing. thing you weren't chosen, because then we wouldn't have this podcast. I might have this podcast. No, you'd be too famous. Yeah, hey, I'd be on Veep. <laughs> that's that's right. You'd true. be busy with Veep. You would have taken over her life, anyways. <laughs> So I ended up just chilling under this bee tree and we went back some years later and I just wanted to go straight for that bee tree again. It was just so pleasant. Make a beeline. Yay. Sitting underneath it and reading. And so I was saying how, you know, it'd become like a really happy sound. They lit up when I mentioned that and they said, oh, oh, go get the chart. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out that the sound of bees is a thing in Ekinkar. Yeah. So they have a bunch of different sounds that represent like different layers of consciousness. Am I even getting this right? Layers of consciousness? They're tied to these various planes. Yeah. What do you even call We're looking at the chart now. The god worlds of Ek, god Sugmod. And then what does it say in little writing? Ocean of love and mercy. So... That helps me. Understand. There you go. Okay, so I guess we can call these worlds rather than layers or levels. Mm, but right, okay. Yeah, so you have this oval that's split down the middle, mm-hmm. and in the middle is you got Shree Harold Clemp. Shree Harold Clemp and a little illustration of him as a much younger man. A six pointed star. Yep. Okay. But then on either side, you've got these layers, strata, that are labeled with a lot of different things. And there's a thick black line that divides them horizontally down the middle. And then there's labels for each quadrant. In the upper left, it's positive. and the lower left, it's negative. Upper right is God realization. And lower right is self-realization. And each of these realms or worlds has a tone ascribed to it yeah oh goodness and there's different rulers for each realm and there's like different planes and there's a chant for each one so oh goodness where do we start so on the positive realm you start at the bottom and that's sugmad that's the chant which is also the name of god and the plane is the atma lok but then you rise up to the chant shanti and the plane alak lok you get to the hum and then you have the Alaya Lok and Aluk and the Hukikat Lok and then Huk and the Agam Lok. And then finally at the very top you. is the chant You. And that is on the Anami Lok plane. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure, it's okay. all true. Anyways, 
we'll we'll probably get more in depth into this later as we but start. But bees to are on things. there. Yeah, the point is bees are bees on there. are on there. So yeah, you have all these planes. You have the physical, astral, causal, mental, and etheric planes. And then over on the right here, you've got in the self-realization quadrant all these sounds. There's the thunder sound, roar of sea, tinkling of bells, running water, and then the very top one is buzzing, buzzing bees, bees, which seems like if we go across i think i think buzzing bees on the ties into plane. intuition oh yes okay and running water is the mind on the mental plane but what i really want to know is uh, so there's so much you, here do, do you get around some bees and that simulates your intuition or do you get to one of these planes and you just start hearing these sounds or like what does this actually look like in when the rubber hits the road oh yeah oh and the sounds do continue up into mm-hmm. the upper right-hand side of the quadrant. Single note of a flute. I remember our tour guide at the temple talking about that one. She oh. kind of alluded to that having played a role in one of her initiations that okay. happens in the spirit world. And then above that is wind, humming sound, mm-hmm. but I guess not specifically bees. Yeah, human humming sound, I'm guessing. Human. Thousand violins, and then the music of woodwinds, and then at the very top, which is pretty much the best darn sound available. Obviously, you all died and went to heaven when you heard that sound. We're responsible for many car crashes. So that that was a legitimately cool moment. And I think something, you know, if someone got into Ekinkar, they could later on say, oh, well, hey, you know, I Mm, really love the sound of bees. And I even mentioned that at an Ekinkar meeting, I had no idea. And they brought out a poster and Buzzing Bees was right there. Yeah. There you go. I'm an Ekis now. Oh, great. Cool. Me too. Well, I actually am one. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, actually. We both are. Actually. Actually. At this meeting, (laughs) I picked up my membership flyer. Ooh. Yes. And I know we're not finished with our adventure here, but I just wanted to tell you. All right. Adventure. I got got this wonderful world of Eck book. With an exclamation mark at Mm -hmm. the end. My membership world of Eck. I just want to say anybody who's actually interested in digging a little deeper, this is where you want to start. This is a really good primer on. Um, Why did they have to choose a sound that just sounds like, oh, gross. Yeah, uh, totally. And in this, I learned something that I feel like she should have mentioned at this. Oh, okay. So since we're talking about. Well, she hadn't even read the book. Well, that's true. I'm sure she's read this one, though. You know, we were talking about exercises. <laughs> and I guess she didn't want to tell more than the hue for some reason. But there is this one very simple technique that plays a big role in your early life as an Ekis that I didn't read. That I didn't know about until I read this book. It's called the easy way technique. And basically, if you have a question, you know, what should I do in my life? Uh, Should I quit my job? Whatever. This teaches you to rely on the inner master. So mentally ask your question Mm -hmm. while you're doing the easy way technique. And the easy way technique is basically you close your eyes. You let your eyes just like very barely shift up as if you're looking at that third eye between your two eyes, oh. between your two eyebrows. We have practice uh, of this from the Self-Realization Fellowship. Okay, yeah. doing it. And you don't want to be like actually forcing the muscle. You're just sort of letting it lazily go up that way. Mm-hmm. Picture Shree Harold's clump there or picture nothing. No, I'm picturing Shree Harold's clump. Yeah, Clamp. I know. I can't. After you say that, how am I going to picture nothing? It's you... Shree Harold clump or nothing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how all of life is. And then you ponder that and just keep picturing him right there until you fall asleep. 
And that's very important. You do this right as you fall asleep. Oh, wow. Okay, I'll and, do this tonight. Okay, good. I have as, a question. As new echists, this is what you and I are supposed to be doing like pretty much every night. And the good news is in the first two years of our being members, we will experience our first initiation, oh. which happens to every single echist in the first two years. Doesn't matter if you think it doesn't. It did. Okay. It happens during your sleep. Ah. Uh, the Eckmaster will come to you. Sometimes people are aware of it. Sometimes they're not. But the Eckmaster will come to us in our sleep and initiate us. It does happen. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure it's all true. Looking forward to it. Or maybe it's already happened. <laughs> Looking forward to it or backwards. <laughs> and also, you might be thinking, okay, there's a lot of talk of Sri Harold. Can I contact him? Yeah. Well, Ross, first of all, you contact him every night. Oh, sure. But is there a more direct technique? So he uh, answers that question in direct. here. Direct. <laughs> this is largely Q&A. So one question is, can I contact the living Eckmaster? And he responds, if you want to write a letter occasionally, please do. I read many of these physically. I read all of them as the inner master. Oh, his inner master does so much work yeah. that Shri Harold is not responsible convenient. for. Convenient. Very convenient. Said at times you may think you need to meet the living Eckmaster personally or speak with me by telephone. You may want to ask questions about your spiritual or physical life. But as you learn to place your attention on the inner master, the Mahanta, which by the way is me, <laughs> will provide the answers you need. Convenient. Yeah, this reminds me of the whole split between Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God. Yep. Like, oh, Holy Spirit can listen to you at all times. Also, you have God the Father knowing things that Jesus the Son doesn't. Right. And also, that was me until you thought you heard something crazy that I don't like from me. Then that wasn't me. That was some right. call spirit. Oh, and whatever. they do regularly equate Ek with the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, totally. So they borrowed that term for sure. And early in X life, they were talking a lot more about Jesus, but he has been taken out of the texts and replaced with other names. Oh, yeah, interesting. So he, he was acknowledged before. <laughs> yes, they were doing some Christ opting. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll find there's a lot more interesting aspects of oh. early Eck. Oh, boy. That have been sort of filtered out in current Eck. I am reading a book that is amazing about that in particular okay but we'll get there okay while you're looking at the book one other individual who showed up was a guy who had a shirt and it quoted jude human yes his shirt said love is all and then the quote was attributed to jude human at some point someone else mentioned jude a jude yeah like a friend and you said oh wait you just mentioned a jude and you mentioned a Jude. And then Same they Jude? said, oh, and this guy's name is Jude. And we're like, right. wait, what's going on? What? What's, what's up with all the Judes? But they were all disconnected. Yeah, just a coincidence. But, but then, I, we, I have a good friend named Jude, who's your friend too. Yeah. So you say, Jude, my ears are going to perk right. up. What's going on? But apparently the quote was from himself and on yes, his shirt. He is Jude Human. And so we asked, is your last name Human? And he said, no, no, but I'm a Human. And we're like, oh, you're our guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like you. We're friends with we like you. <laughs> Nobody else in this religion is taking Did advantage. Did you hear this hotline thing? <laughs> advantage. Yeah, he came after Mahatline. Yeah, we got to find him. <laughs> no one else is taking advantage of these very obvious puns. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Well, Ross, when you go to sleep tonight, I just want you to remember. Okay. Dreams are like a daily report card. They show you how you're doing in your spiritual mission, even if you don't know you have one. Dreams tell 
how you are getting on in your relationship with God and life. Well, this opens us up for some potent dream interpretation. Yeah. Okay. And if you want, you can set a dream in your mind before you wake up by repeating the main points of it, talking about it out loud, or writing it down as soon as you wake up. Well, that's all true. And every experience, waking or dream, has a lesson or message to impart to us. Every? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, every. That's I don't know. right. I think some of them might be uh, just run of the mill. Mm-mm. No. That's wrong. All right. Isn't that interesting? Well, there's a lot more to this book. There's a lot to learn, but I'll tell you more on our next episode. So at this point in our class, we were an hour and 20 minutes into it. We're about to wrap up. And we've only been talking about that first prompt. Yes. God is love. And so you said, like, what was the second part? <laughs> yeah, what was the second part again? And then that, that was the whole, we are soul because God loves soul, or we exist because God loves soul. Yeah. Uh, and so we talked about that for like a tiny bit. But yeah, really, we took up the whole of this meeting just talking about three words. Though I would say the conversation did kind of cover those elements a for little. For sure. But, but just, just in terms of an outline for the discussion. Yeah. yeah, but it was a delightful discussion. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Was it was nice. It was nice. But yeah, definitely like I just picture Harold Klemp up there like writing two sentences and being like, here, I can talk about this for two hours. And the human mind's a wonder. We can do it. Yeah. You could write down like piano fish card and we'd be like, well, isn't that interesting? And you could you could find a <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, piano makes me think of, uh, you know, right. we tell the story about the piano when we were young. Yep. Yeah. And fish. Yeah. yeah well, just a fish with my dad. And I love how there's no verbs in here, but isn't that interesting? Do we really need to do anything or should we just be? We are meaning seeking machines mm. and we will find it. We will find if- you. We will scream. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> and Carrie is wringing her hands in front of her. <laughs> Squeeze. That's all right. We'll squeeze it the out, of you. out of we'll you. Get you and if it's not there, there, we'll make it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because uh, yeah, that's what we do. I love that word squeeze. This is the first time I've used it. Welcome to the word. Can I use that? <laughs> There was also a lot of talk here when we did briefly discuss the whole soul thing about soul travel Mm -hmm. and astral travel and remote viewing. All of these phenomena were making their way into the conversation. This is so like the International Academy of Consciousness where it's like, wait, hang on. That is super exciting. Why is this just a footnote? Right. And there were a lot of stories, too, being told of these near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. And I just kept wondering, okay, are these all fully ek dogma? Right. Uh Or is this just, you know, this particular speaker kind of going off on their personal take on all this? I didn't get a clear sense of that. It seems more the latter. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I'll say about that kiss is at least at this moment in their evolution, they seem pretty chill about like everyone having their own version. I think there are areas you could go into and they'd be like, ah, but generally you could kind of sit there and talk your way through any thought and they'll be like, sure, that too. Yeah. As long as it was generally positive, sure. Afterwards, when we were all wrapping up, Jackie turned to us and said, hey, well, I hope you come back. Yeah. Really enjoyed your contributions to the conversation and I hope we see more of you. And everybody was asking, oh, are you visiting from somewhere? Oh, are you new to town? Nope. Nope. Been here forever. But here we are now. Yeah. And uh, actually, I kept making that into a very dramatic story the way you can. Uh-huh. Uh, being like, yeah, and I went to this temple in Chanhassen, Minnesota. Can you believe it? My friend Chris, he just took me there. And the woman there said, you know, you are a mile from an Ek temple back home. And that really, you know, hit home for people. But <laughs> I didn't add the part that like, 
I already had that information. <laughs> they also asked for donations. They had a bucket, so I think I threw a 20 in there. Nice. Uh, then we left, but <laughs> yeah, we were both starving. Uh-huh. Yeah, really hungry. So let's get to your car and drive somewhere. And this guy stops us. He's just standing out front. Older gentleman, maybe... 50s? Yeah, 50s? from... I don't know. Maybe he says from Ukraine, right? Oh, Ukraine. That's I was going to say Russian. Yeah, I think you're right. He was Ukrainian. And he said, oh, so what were you doing in there? Oh, it's uh, it's like a spiritual new age kind of place. Go on in. They're really nice. Yeah, he's asking us all these questions like, oh, well, it sounds like you're interested. You should stop in Go there. On They're in. very friendly. He's like, no, no, no. I have stopped you. I've already got this thing going. I'm not canceling it for the world. And he, we are going to have a 25-minute conversation about religion. Right. And he wanted us to defend Catholicism. <laughs> so strange. Uh, well, we were there for... We don't, we don't believe in that. But he really wanted or us to, to justify abuses of priests. Yeah, it was wild. Where, where are you going with and this? Then, and he then wouldn't asking, let us go, though. Right. And then asking very rhetorical questions. But they'd be things like, well, how do you know your religion's any more true? And we're both like, we don't have... <laughs> these are good thought exercises, but we are the wrong people to try to gotcha this with. Also, we're really hungry. Yeah, I know. I started I c- just like walking to your car in the like, goodbye, sir, sort of voice. <laughs> And still going, still not really noticing. Yeah, I could see the like, the pain on Carrie's face. Like, I want this to end. Yeah, but I was did. feeling it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that had nothing to do with that. Anyway, card. bless his heart. Now he is the new Mahanta. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, everybody, we do know about the ship. Thank you so much for all the links, the many, many links. <laughs> oh, you've been getting messages oh, about that oh, right have on you not Twitter? Been getting a bunch? Oh, no, oh, I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. On Facebook. Yeah. So we know about the ship called the Free Winds, where there was at least one case of measles. So there's a good chance that there's a Scientology ship out there that has a measles infection. Yeah. But to their credit, I mean, one measles infection not taking over a ship actually means probably a pretty vaccinated population and they're not anti-vax. So there you go. There you go. There you go. But yeah, interesting story. Interesting story. Well, hey, but before we go, Carrie. Yes. Ross, is it? Yes, me. Mm -hmm. You're so fab. Why, thank you. You are so fab. Thank you. I've always said that about you. And ever since. Well, you know, I I know I'm fab, but I'm trying to I'm trying to get fit as well. Oh, really? Okay. Like you do a lot of like push ups, pull ups. I do. You do. You do a lot of ups. (laughs) I like how you said it as like those are the proper terms for the thing you're doing. Well, I didn't know if they were pull ups or push ups. I just picture your arms being involved. Do a bit of both. Okay, there you go. Because you're trying to stay fit. Fit. Yeah. But I don't want to be miserable. Yeah. Doing that. Sure, I, yeah. I want it to be fun as well. Okay. You want to be fab, fit, and fun. Yeah. Very interesting. I think I know the service for you. Oh, what, what would you, uh, yeah, what would you suggest? Well, fab, fit, fun is a box that comes to your house about once every three months, four times a year, if you will. Wait, so this is not just a description of me, fab, fit, and fun. This is, no, a, this service is a service called fab, fit, fun. You'd love it. They send you a box. It's got all sorts of like, full-size samples of cool stuff. No, not just little, oh, you were at the doctor's office. Here's yeah, a little here's bit like of half this an ounce lotion of, to try. Yes, no, none of that. You were getting full-size stuff. They sent me a couple boxes. I liked them. What kind of stuff did you get in there? Let's see. I know I got a really nice-smelling lotion. I got a little ceramic tray that's holding my keys right now as oh, we speak. Oh, hey, okay. So nice uh, household items. Yeah. Personal a, uh, care items. What's this? Jump rope. A jump rope. <laughs> Carrie's <laughs> swinging her arms. Oh, uh, so. what's that word we learned earlier? Squeezing. I love that. Oh, squeezing. Um, mm. 
a water bottle that's like super insulated. Oh, nice. Just like different things that you might not think to buy for yourself yeah, that you yeah. want to try out. And the 2019 FabFitFun post-spring editor's box is on sale now, Ross. I know that's the exact one you wanted. Well, it sounds like this would also make a great Mother's Day present. Yeah, could. But how much would this cost me, Carrie? One billion dollars, and it's worth it. It sounds worth it, but really, how much is it? Forty nine ninety nine a box. Oh, but it comes now. With... It sounds a lot cheaper, right? But uh, I hear that it's really like a two hundred dollar value per box. You know, you heard correctly. And and you can go to the site and see once you sign up. There's all of these different products you can choose from. So it's not just one box that they pick for you. You can look through many different iterations of these really cool products that they've curated for you. And then say, I want that box. I want that box. Send it to Don't me. Don't give me that other box. And no, then thank you, you. You get a great value of the things you didn't even know you needed. We're told that these boxes always sell out. It's high quality stuff too. Mm-hmm. So you're getting uh, you're getting the good stuff mm-hmm. and lots of it. And yeah, you can really go through and choose like, oh, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in this. A very fun way to shop. Yeah, if you sign up for FabFitFun today, you can use our code ONO to get $10 off your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code ONO to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only 40 bucks. Go to fabfitfun.com and use our code ONO to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can really support our show by leaving us reviews. Yeah. Let people know that you listen to this. You know, you don't even need to write anything big or amazing. You can, but, you know, maybe just give us uh, five stars. And then other people will see this like, oh, this is a legit podcast. Kelly says it's good. It must be good. Hi, Kelly. Kelly, what up? Or you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate to support this and all our future investigations. You can also visit us at Facebook.com forward slash OnRack. O-N-R-A-C. And you'll find pictures. You'll find articles. You'll find all kinds of fun, dis- fun discussions. And you can follow us on Twitter at Ono Podcast. And remember, in the words of Shree Harold Klemp. Now this is the golden contract that every encounter without exception is there to move all along spirit- spiritually on their way back home to God. That's every encounter, every event, without exception. Something's trying to nudge you back home to God, and that means if you're a real hard nut to crack, to soften you up with love, because that's what all this is about. This is what you're about. God is love. And soul being a creation of God, from God, is at heart a unit of love too. So much to the over 28,000 members who joined or upgraded during the 2019 Max Fun Drive and to all of our monthly members. To celebrate hitting our goal this year, we're putting the 2019 Max Fun Drive pins on sale for all $10 and up monthly members. As in past years, you'll be able to get some pins and support a great cause at the same time. 
proceeds from this year's sale will support the National Court-Appointed Special Advocates Association. National CASA does amazing work for children and youth through a national network of 950 member programs. We are proud to be able to support them. The pin sale will run from April 29th until May 10th. And if you're a $10 and up monthly member, your personalized code is waiting in your inbox right now. For more details, you can head over to MaximumFun.org slash pins. And once again, thank, thank you. you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.